Material Components, Season 2, Episode 34, A Wider Perspective. Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about a galaxy of magic and the adventurers who live there. I'm your humble dragon master, Mike Gargoni, and joining me, as always, are my stalwart adventurers. Hey, adventurers. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Heck yeah. Uh, Hey, everybody. I am Olivia, and I will be playing Florian of Akalar. I'm Elliot, and I am playing Shay. I am Michael, and I'm playing Oswald Octavian Theophilus III. And I'm Reed, and I'll be playing Amari. Indeed. And of course, before we begin today's session, I would like to ask the same question I ask every time, and that is, Elliot, do you remember <sighs> what happened previously? But previously before the last previously, which was our third anniversary special. So before that, though. Yes. 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 So... We were continuing our little exploration of the science dome uh, on Rafas. Mm-hmm. I am kind of remembering things as I'm saying them a little bit. Is that clear? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> uh, a little bit. We found a kind of t- a room that controlled the oxygen and gravity. Um, So we were able to replenish our oxygen tank, so we had a little more time to get around. And in this room, I was able to (laughs) essentially hack through, like, a sprinkler system to find some data on what went on (laughs) in this facility. And it seemed that about a month before the Children of A-Tier attacked this place... Uh, something very large was brought up from the dig site that this was kind of like a built around, like an archaeological dig. And some amount of time later, it seemed very quickly, it was put back down. Put that thing back where it came from or so help me. So help me. So we thought, what's down there? You know, check it out. Mm-hmm. And the thing... Was, well, we still haven't quite figured it out because it's God's tech. So God only knows. God That's, only knows. That is the thing about this whole dig site that you're exploring is that it yeah. is built around the ruins of a God's tech facility. God's yeah. tech is weird and old. That's what you know about God's tech. Yeah. Oswald managed to look at it with his new special eyes and see that it was giving off, like, a huge infrared signal. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but we couldn't see anything, and it didn't look like there was anything there. Then I tried to touch it with magic, and I did such a bad job that it almost killed me. Um, <laughs> yes. Or with uh, Aether, not magic, pardon me. What the ancients might have called magic once upon a time. ancients might call magic. Magic. Extra K. <laughs> and a Y in there, for good measure. <laughs> Um, uh, that's an X-Men character. We can't do that. Whatever. <laughs> Everything's an X-Men character. My name is probably a fucking X-Men character. You're not wrong. Oh, yeah. So, oh, and also our stuff, our uh, our, ra- our communication devices aren't working very well. Mm-hmm. So we're having trouble uh, communicating about what to do. But so essentially, 
I couldn't leave because my senses were in orbit, essentially. What we did, what I kind of realized were in, in orbit around the planet, I guess? It seemed as though your etheric senses, what you had used to probe whatever's happening in here, had latched on to what is effectively a scale model of the galaxy. Yes. And so you were perceiving momentum and velocity of a planetary body while remaining stationary in this strange place. And it was a rather upsetting experience that only Wicked seemed to abate when you got on top of whatever was causing it. Because yes. you don't experience we... the velocity of a planet if you're on the planet. Yeah. So, yes, we did in fact move towards the area of focus essentially and now yeah i don't feel gross anymore our communication devices still don't work they work even worse than before and there is a scale model of the galaxy a map of sorts and there are two planets that are like highlighted essentially uh Akalar and the other one <laughs> arlgev Arl Gev, the one we, the other one that we haven't been to yet. That's <laughs> true. Yes, you found your way to the bottom of this god's tech ruin, slowly putting together the attack pattern of the children of A-Tier while you mm -hmm. were at it. You managed to discover that they had the operational use of several smaller mech suits, what are called yeah. raptors. That's right. And the the indication that they have access to this much military hardware is profoundly upsetting for a group that you're actively hunting. And probably yeah. is in itself hunting God's tech, as now seems to be the case. Yeah. And specifically, you already know that's true because you were told that by Brother Hewn, your yeah. friendly mystery orc. Mm-hmm. Love a mystery orc. This particular ruin caused all manner of technological disruptions among your party, not least of which were your communications devices, and odd anomalous readings via Oswald's special eyes, as well as just plain looking at it, was all the evidence you needed that this place was spooky and weird, and you didn't quite know what was happening. But regardless... You walked straight into the middle of it, which, as a dungeon master, I can only yeah. give you a big thumbs up about. I mean, it's better than us, like, all linking hands and walking, you know, <laughs> daisy chain through puzzles, right? I mean, we would never do something. We, we do give that. and we take, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Look, <laughs> it's very true. It's like you learned a lesson or something. <laughs> hmm. No, not Growth, us. Mike, growth. Personal and character. But Oracle Zero, you find yourselves now in a very strange location at the center of the darkness at the depths of this God's Tech ruin, because you are no longer in darkness, having strode through the amphitheater-like construct you found in the bottom level of this place upon reaching it the stage, quote-unquote, and traversing through darkness so thick that even the light seemed to be pushed back into whatever light source you were using. 
you find yourselves now in a dimly lit chamber. Circular, with walls distant and tall. Looking around, you can see that there doesn't appear to be a wall of darkness behind you. It is just smooth, flat, darkish stone. The same stone you've seen in the construction of this place elsewhere in this base. In front of you, there is a pedestal, cylindrical, rising up from the ground. In the ceiling above, about a hundred feet above that, there is another pedestal, parallel, coming down out of the ceiling. Suspended between the two pedestals is this map, a slowly rotating scale model of what most of you can put together to see is the Dragon's Wake galaxy, the spiral arms of which are distinct in their sort of ragged nature on the northern reach, and there are certain star formations that those among you who have spent any time in space would recognize as like, oh, those are like geographic, for lack of a better term, points in the Dragon's Wake that are recognizable. The odd thing about this model is that it's not a holographic projection of some kind. It is a model, physical, at least in your first approximation of it. Little strands of material come up from the pedestals, uh, both above and below. Minuscule, nearly like fishing line, but darker, comes down and suspends stars and nebula and other formations that seem to grow from the end of those little strands. And so you're looking at this weird, collapsed galaxy marionette that is both suspended and supported by these strands coming from both the ceiling and the floor. Everything in here is made of a similar dark gray black stone smooth, and you've inspected it briefly in other parts of this construct, what you've been able to determine about this material is that it's very hard, very uniform in shape, and is unlike anything you've seen used in construction before, and is totally unlike the surface of the moon that you found yourselves on earlier. The other thing about this chamber is that the light, you don't know where it's coming from but everything here is just dimly lit in a way that would imply that there's light coming from somewhere. The only true sources of light that you see are these two glowing points in the map, Arlgev and Akalar. And they glow with a soft blue light. It's not they, enough to light they, this place. Yeah. Are they blinking or are they solid? They are solid. Okay. Everything else in the map has this implication of light. It's as though... An artist's rendition of light, the way you see on a painting, light is displayed by coloring in different shades and coloring in shadow and gradient. That technique is implied in this model, but it's not glowing per se. It's just a solid that implies that there is light among the stars that this model portrays. The other thing about this chamber is that all the readouts on your spacesuits tell you that it is safe to breathe in here. Yeah, if I remember correctly, Florian has already taken off his helmet. <laughs> I have, yes. Rowan, caution to the wind. Just get it out of here. 
is Florian dying? And seeing as Florian is not actively imploding nice. or Lovely. freezing or dying in any it's way or waiting. shape. Yeah. yeah. The gravity here is also back to a standard G worth of gravity as opposed to bouncy moon gravity. And that is where you find yourselves, Oracle Zero, in this strange map chamber. Uh, I'm going to take my helmet off, too. Press a release, and it basically just collapses down into your spacesuit. Shay is suddenly dying. <laughs> There's actually just a cool thing that Florian can do. <laughs> um, and, yeah, just despite my the many times I have complained about Prometheus and the... Bad technique, bad spacer technique of people implied applied in those movies. See, they're scientists, though. My character, hot and stupid, so it's fine. <laughs> it's um, different. It's different. You wouldn't mm-hmm. understand. I'm going to approach the pedestals, also, speaking of being hot and stupid. Okay. Walking towards the pedestals, you begin to realize how big they are. Size in this chamber is odd. Weird. But as you get close, you realize that they're not humongous by any means, but they're large. And the whole of the projection or model or whatever this is, is suspended entirely between the two pedestals on the ceiling and the floor. And it's a huge model as you get close. This is like Museum of Science and Industry interior display like this is what makes the kids go ooh in the museum it's big that's what i'm getting at yeah <laughs> like the smallest star is about how like the size of my hand the size of a finger angelo it's a better it's a better because this is a galaxy what you're beginning to realize is that each individual point on this model represents a system not a planet or a star Oh. And so as you get close, you can see that whatever is suspended by the little strand that either comes up from the bottom or down from the top, then subdivides into Mm -hmm. what almost looks like the nucleus of a cell, where you have the singular point with a bunch of little orbiting points, all of it suspended horizontally with more little strands coming out from the star. So it's like you could zoom in. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna, or I was gonna say that like walking closer to it is like if you could physically zoom in on like a map, enhance. Yeah, like a but enhance, but not on a screen like in real life. Real wife, real wife, a real wife enhancement, like a Minority Report situation. Yeah. Yeah. So like real life. Mm. But these are just little details you notice as you get close, and what becomes harder to discern as you get close is where anything is because as you start getting close to it you lose the bigger perspective of the galaxy so by the time you're standing under it or near it it is immense and there's all these little points that you it's tough to discern any detail it's like looking at one of those uh like many dots pictures Mm mm-hmm the farther away you get, the more you can differentiate all the dots together to make what the cohesive image is supposed to be. Get really close, and it's just like a bunch of confusing colored dots. Like the painter Chuck Close. Sure. 
all you <laughs> art art history nerds out there. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> Thank you for bringing his, painting, his paintings are really notch. cool though. <laughs> it's really his paintings are really cool though. It's a very good representation of this that is also like visually interesting to look at. So mm. look it up if you if you like. So yeah, as as Shay approaches these pedestals, what is everybody else doing? Is there anything it's just this model down here? As far as you can tell, yeah. Does this appear to be the thing that was dragged up? Does it look like there's scuff marks on the ground? You don't know how you would move something like this. I would like to investigate these new walls that we somehow uh, magically passed through to get into this place. So turning around, yeah, you see just a blank wall behind you made of yeah. that similar dark stone. I want to touch it. See what happens if I touch it. And your spacesuit is still on, yes? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As you reach out and touch it, or try to touch it, the wall parts around your hand. And beyond, you can see kind of a fuzzy, dark mist, sort of, just like a, a slightly obscured, almost sepia haze. And then beyond that, you see a set of stairs leading up and out of an amphitheater. Okay. And so the, like, the wall just dissolves as if, I don't know, melting butter in a microwave? The wall pulls back and away from your hand. Okay. Spooky. Like, there is an aperture there, but it's so seamless that it's almost invisible. Hmm. I don't like it. I don't like this place. Not a fan. I know that when, uh, before we came in, when I was looking down at this area with, I believe, infrared, it was glowing, like, as if it was very, very hot. If I were to use that same vision down in here, is it just blinding everywhere? Or, or does it look different now that we're in the center of it? It seems as though you passed beyond some sort of veil. And throwing up your infrared in here, you can see that there is heat exchange in here, insofar as the temperature appears to be a fairly standard, like, low 60s Fahrenheit. Mm. I don't... Here's one thing Cole and I never actually talked about in this setting, is what the temperature what is... system yeah. is. <laughs> What's we, what's uh, lab on the Earth? Would it be Fahrenheit? <laughs> it wouldn't it be. We 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 use metric for everything else, so it would be Celsius. Yeah. I'm just terrible at conversions, so it's like yeah. roughly thirty degrees Celsius. And um, you can see that there are a couple of spots of heat in the model, specifically the two glowing points that you can see. There are also a couple of hot spots in and around the pedestal. And at points around the exterior of the pedestal as well. Okay. Can I go to the nearest one of those spots that's outside of the pedestal and just see if I can see anything? Um, or is it just blank floor? Walking over there and as you approach it, it just looks like blank floor as you get close. Hmm. Shay, you see uh, Oswald getting near your position as well, kind of just staring at a spot on the floor that's nearby. What's up? Can I... Uh, there are... My infrared uh, uh, vision seems to be marking, of course, those two spots over there, but oh, yeah. other spots, uh, like this one. Uh, and I think I'll 
take something and I'll just place it just to mark where it is. And then I'll just go through and try and mark where everything is, uh, where okay. all these spots are, so that everyone else can see what I'm seeing. There are four spots, roughly at cardinal directions around the the pillar. Puzzle. <laughs> Stamp on Are they are they all on the floor? Those are the warm spots that are on the floor. There are also several the spots. The two pla- planets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are also some heat signatures in the pedestal itself. Both pedestals, the one on the ceiling and the one on the floor. Right. So I marked the four on the floor. Uh, and then I... Tr- I mean, like you said, the closer you get, the harder it is to to pinpoint exactly where things are, what you're looking at. Um, but I'm going to try and do my best to at least get general a general idea of where these uh hot spots are um and if you want me to do like a a roll of some sort um that would be fine the hot spots in the the map are easy enough to pinpoint they stand out because they're also glowing with visible light so it's not just the so the other so there's the two that's glowing but the other ones that are glowing are not the two that are glowing are the only ones that are the hot spots in the actual models themselves. Correct. I just want to make okay. Never mind then. And then there are heat signatures on the pedestals, the columns below and above the model. Okay. And then there are heat signatures on the floor around the pedestal on the model on the bottom. I should say. Does, Can I mark? Does, oh, oh sorry. I was going to say, does Aethite give off heat? Is there like some sort of energy convert? So it's like a mild radiation. Mm-hmm. So that could just be the the power sources, or did if God's this thing run on aethite? It can. God's yeah. tech again is a catch-all term for old and weird. I know. I don't know why I keep asking clarifying questions. <laughs> and I and I mostly just asked in a like, would we understand that like, oh, something with a power source might give off heat? Yes. Yeah. 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 I think I would mark off the spots underneath the the actual model itself um, as well. When you get closer to the pedestal, your thermal vision, the infrared, gives you more detail. The closer you get to something that is obscured that gives off heat, the more detail you can see. Because Mm. the finer details of what heat is being given off resolve. It appears like whatever heat signature is inside this bottom pedestal appears to be connected in some way with the spots on the floor around it. Like there are little tendrils of heat that run down into the floor and run across and connect to those bigger warm spots on the floor. Everybody, um, just go with this for a moment. Uh, would you all mind standing on those points that I've marked on the floor? Just just to try yeah. it out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Who is the first one to stand on one of the hot spots? Shay. I'm I'm already at the pedestal, so. Mm-hmm. It's true. And I, I stand on the south one. Okay. Shay, as you stand, uh, as you walk over and step onto this spot indicated by Oswald a spot that has no differentiation to your eyes Mm -hmm. you stand over whatever small 
piece of bric-a-brac Oswald dropped there to indicate the spot. Probably a dead rat. <laughs> I don't or know how he get like that a... out of his spacesuit, but sure. <laughs> or maybe like a like one of those uh, tops to a, a can, you know, like a, a, of a 12 <laughs> Yeah, like a, a your, one of your 12 loco cans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the little like pull tab that you wiggle yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he exactly. has so many of them. <laughs> in theory, you can hand them off to like schools and they recycle them and some kind of <laughs> charity drive sometimes, but I don't know what they actually do with them. But leastways, Shay, as you step onto this spot, a sound rings out through this room. This guttural, almost choking. <laughs> It's just assaulting everyone's ears. But in your mind, Shay, it says matching DNA sequence. Uh, wait. <laughs> uh, hold up. Can I get off? Am I stuck now or can I get off? No. You jump off the spot. Uh, okay. You okay. don't need to does, stand on the spot. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, like, hold up. Keep going or does it stop? The voice stops after it says whatever it says, and then Shay okay. leaps off the spot, and everything is quiet again. Okay. Okay, so I stood on the spot, yeah. Mm. It said, I mean, you kind of heard a warbly, I heard it say in, uh, a common is common the, the, uh. Midconic is the common. Midconic, yeah. okay. Look, we're in, the, we're in the setting, I want to make sure I'm using the right vocab. In 12 logos in Midconic. I heard it in Midconic. It said matching DNA sequence. So, so we should figure out. I just, I just wanted to uh, make sure everyone knew that before also stepping on. And it, yeah, so mm-hmm. I'll like step back on it. But you know, just so you know. And that sound as soon as Shay steps back on the circle. <laughs> begins projecting from somewhere in this place and you hear the voice again in your head matching DNA sequence. What is everyone else doing? Oh, if I step on one. I I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, Oswald wouldn't hesitate to step on one. Okay. (laughs) We're so dumb. I mean, I'm very hesitant. (laughs) But that... Strange guttural throat sound is still echoing in this place as you all step onto these spots and you all hear in your heads in voices that are familiar, but not, it's not voices you can place like voices from people. It's like the sound of someone from where you're from. So it like, it's some sort of translation system that is like trying to match as closely as possible our language. Right. And it, yeah, it strikes you as like Amari, you would hear somebody with the, the, the low tones of a Leon of vast plain. Oswald would hear the eloquent chatter of, of a, someone from your, your home world of the, uh, the Avia variety. Florin, you would hear a a rough voice that doesn't match where you're from. This, like, low, kind of more 
Taro-ish voice. So it's clearly working not on, like, knowledge of who you are, but of what you are. And you all, in turn, hear that voice say, matching DNA sequence. Sequencing. Sequencing. Shay, you would hear the voice say, primary deviation. Amari, you would hear the voice say, tertiary deviation. Florian, you would hear it say, tertiary deviation. And Oswald, you would hear it say, alien DNA confirmed. Okay. Hmm. You would then all have an out-of-body experience. Oh, shit. (laughs) Fucking trip time, let's go! You can see yourselves standing on the floor near this map, but your perceptions come from a space just above you and behind you to look at the map. It's that thing in a video game where you're accessing a panel or a kind of uh, a thing and it pulls back out to third person to show you the wide view of whatever it is you're fiddling with. Oh, I want to play the rest of this campaign in third person mode. Like, <laughs> give me some 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 waist high covers and, and, a, and a gun. I'll make it through yeah, this. No problem. I'm not good I'm at trained. first person shooters. It's a third person action adventure game. But you are all in this perspective now. Your bodies seem immobile, motionless. And when you try to move, the map in front of you spins in accordance with whatever direction you're trying to move in. Oh, shit. And each of you is perceiving the map and everyone else. But you see their bodies at the different cardinal directions around the pillar. You don't see any strange ghost hovering above their shoulders or anything (laughs) and each of you seems to be controlling a different instance of the map so your individual motions aren't conflicting with each other oh Oh, now we zoom in like Shay come over here let's zoom in yeah uh, so can we move, can we, like, you said it moves with our movements. Can we step off of the pillar and still be in this experience? Or as step off of the, the spot? As soon as you think about stepping out of the spot, your perspective collapses back into yourself and you take a hard step off of the spot. When Florian does that, are the rest of us kicked out as well? Or is it just Florian? No. I take a second to throw up from the vertigo. Uh, no. Um, I Can I step back into place? Does it and restart? the same sequence of events happens. That weird guttural voice, or whatever it is, speaks out loud, and you hear the words in your mind. What happens when we try to speak in this state? Everybody hears Oswald's voice in their head. Oh, this is interesting. I, I don't like that at all. Oh! <laughs> Oh, mm. fascinating. Hmm. Mike, I know that yes. I didn't graduate school. How much does this remind me of like navigator stuff? You, if had, at all? An, you had an experience with Mr. Zinn. Right. Where he showed you the astral sea. Right. And you dipped a toe in. Yeah. So you have some idea about what 
navigators do on big ships. Mm -hmm. They use that connection with the Astral Sea to guide ships along safe jump points or even not safe jump points. Yeah. The whole point of a navigator is that you can jump kind of wherever so long as the navigator knows where they're going and what they're doing. The nav points are what smaller ships like yours jump to specific places in the galaxy. Astro. Basically. This, I mean, maybe if you translated what the navigators do literally, like, yeah, they're kind of seeing a map of the galaxy in their head, but their map is made out of aether. It's not made right. physical and literal. Yeah. I guess... Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm not actually. I think that was more of Elliot being interested in in that in this as like a early form of what wizards can do inherently. Mm. Um, I'm not sure Shay would be interested in that though. That's fair. Um, what Shay interest is interested in is flying through space to enhance, enhance. What are you zooming in on? I mean, I want to go. I want to look at at Arlgev and. Well, I'll do Arlgev first, since okay. those are like the two kind of interest points on this map, that and Akalar. You can see that the map starts out centered on a moon that might be familiar, because you're standing on it. Oh, it's this moon. But it's fairly easy to do that Google Maps thing where you zoom all the way out, find the place that you're looking for, and then zoom all the way back in. Yeah. As you're doing this... I would like some kind of perception check. Hey, oh, whoops, nope, never mind. I was like, I have that. I don't. So we do D20s in this, right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, five of them. <laughs> Same time. <laughs> I wish. All right, well, I'm going to, since I'm looking first, like I'm I'm trying to pay attention to stuff. I'm going to say this is clever. I'm going to say I'm being hmm. clever about this. Okay. Uh, and I don't have anything in perception, so I'm just rolling a d10 because I'm also out of eighth. Oh wait, no, I have one, one aether left. I'll use that. Mm. Okay. That's a ten, baby. You zoom in, but at a certain point, it stops. You get <sighs> a view of the system of Arlgev. You can see that it is a binary star system. With nine planets, one of which is glowing blue. You can tell it's Arlgev, but there's not much more detail you can work out. It seems like there's some kind of something is stopping you from getting closer. You don't know what, but it feels like it has stalled in a way. It's to upgrade well, its RAM. I want it, I want it to stop doing that, though. Uh, when Shay does this, does that view happen for all of us? No. Okay. We're all in our own instanced uh, okay. version of it. Mm -hmm. We're not screen sharing the Google Maps. <laughs> well, you said they... Oh, you said they didn't conflict with each other. Okay, right. I was... Alright, alright. <laughs> like, we can all see each other down on the ground and what we're doing what what's happening there but the the projection the the map itself is dictated by our own perceptions of it correct well if shay is doing that uh, florian's gonna do the same thing but 
obviously with the system that he's interested in. Okay. Is it the same scenario where it zooms in and hits a spot? How, how does that work? Because Akalar is the whole system. And give me a some kind of perception, I think. Yeah, perception is really the only talent that might apply to this. Knowledge, maybe? I don't have either of those. Knowledge. So. <laughs> um... <laughs> uh, is it the same DC? Because I rolled a 10 on my carefully die. <laughs> okay. Which is the max I can do. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, as you zoom in, you can see that it it stops you at a certain point. And it's this wide view of the system of Akalar with its weird kind of multi-layered planetoids sharing the same uh, sheath of atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, does this really fast, sorry to interrupt, I can tell you're continuing, but uh, does this show like planetary movement within the systems? Like even on other other stars? Yes. Or does it just like a solid, okay. It It seems almost you would have to double check this against figures and charts, but oh, is it real time? It, it definitely kind of is simulating that, yeah. And yeah, you see Akalar, and as you are looking over it, you can tell that only one of the planetoids is actually glowing. And on Arlgev, you can tell that only the planet itself, Arlgev, is actually the thing that is glowing. Can I determine which planetary body it is on Akalar? I mean, uh, I mean, probably not, because they're all like pretty much the same size. I don't know if it's if it's yeah, like... and you're you're not close enough to really differentiate a lot of pieces. Like you you can see the broad strokes of the planets, but you're so far away that it's like seeing a model of a solar system. Like you, yeah. you're not getting any of the fine detail. So it's tough like, to say, oh, especially with Akalar. Yeah, like, oh, if there's something on there that's like Great Wall of China sized, I could probably identify that. But Right. Okay. All right. What happens if I zoom out? You zoom out, and like I said, it was originally centered on the system you're in, the, the moon mm -hmm. that you're currently on. When you zoom out, you see the whole of the Dragon's Wake galaxy. Mm -hmm. Do you go farther? Um, yeah. And it pulls back and pulls back, and you see that there is a fairly well-known extra-galactic body that is called Asgard, A-Z-G-A-R-D. And it is a large nebula, some posit that it's just like a big storm that got trapped in the orbit of the galaxy. So you see that. Oh, you go further? Yeah, sure, why not? It's stuff like this, like, it, a view like this isn't, like, a thing that could be accessed normally. Like There, there are models that people yeah. have rendered of the universe. That's a thing that exists, and if you're into astronomy, then that's maybe a thing that you've <laughs> looked at before. Armors don't get guns, so not really. 
but yeah, I, I I don't know. Maybe there's other hot spots further out. I don't know. I'm just I'm just looking around. As you pull back farther and farther and farther, eventually the map condenses until you get to a point where you start seeing individual galaxies like you did systems in the original transposition of the map. Mm-hmm. So each galaxy is suspended by one of those strands from above or below. And it pulls back and pulls back and you see clusters, nebula, whole swaths of space. And I need you to roll me a D12. D12. No. As we make our first sanity roll of the game. Why is it me? Why is it me? You're the one who decided to do this. Hey, I thought it was Google Maps. I didn't think Google Maps was just going to be like my brain. It's a six. (laughs) So you maintain rational thought. Cool. As you zoom out and zoom out and zoom out. And the problem is, is that you keep relative perspective on your own position as you keep zooming out and zooming out and zooming out. So you're aware of just how tiny you are as you keep pulling back in this extrapolation of the universe. And it is a harrowing experience, but one that you survive. (laughs) It's good. Oh, what happened to Amari, the the great war hero? Oh, you know, uh, Google Maps kicked his ass. He's, he just fried his brain. He zoomed out too far. Wow, what a way for him Maps. to go. He looked at Google Maps too, Maps too long and he died. Yeah. <laughs> he just fucking died. Yeah. He, he, he fell over like a, a character in Gmod. Something you would notice as you're pulling backwards, and at a certain point, you're, it's that thing where when you flick the scroll wheel back on Google Maps and it has to, like, keep going for a long time before it catches up with where it thinks you tried to go. You can see little motes of light on some of these galaxies here and there. You don't know what it represents. You don't know what it means. But there are, like, little bits that are highlighted. And nothing's labeled, right? No. It's just, okay. Need to update their UI. Oswald? I don't know what I could possibly do that's cooler than that, but... Um... No, do it. It's great. It's good for the brain. Yes? You think so? No. Hurt. Oh. Uh. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. do we hear Amari just yelling the whole time? <laughs> no, but you can uh... see him slightly foaming from the mouth. It's like a little <laughs> bit. His eyes are just... Yeah, I, I mean, originally what I was going to do is try and find a point in the Dragon's Wake galaxy that has changed recently, like a planet maybe that was, I don't know, destroyed uh, to see how up to date this map is. But it sounds it sounds like this thing is constantly getting feedback as to what's going on. So although I guess I wouldn't know that. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that we're communicating to each other about things that we are seeing and thinking. Yeah, don't don't zoom out. Don't. Don't do it. Please don't do it. And there are no other points in Dragon's Wake that are glowing other than Arlgev and Akalar. Currently, yes. Are the points touchable? Yeah, I don't even know how you would... Depends what you mean by that. Physically touchable. Like, if you were to step off the platform, 
Has anyone tried that yet? Yes, I tried and it stopped the simulation. No, just walking up and you, you stopped, you stepped off of it, right? Are they within reach, within like, I walk up to the pedestal and try to boop one of the dots with a finger? Mm, no, unless your arms okay. were like 20 feet long. Okay, I just didn't realize how far up they were. Yeah, the pedestal only comes up to about chest height, but the actual model itself is suspended about 40 feet above your heads. Kind of at a slight tilt so you can see the plane of the galaxy. And Florian oh. and Shay, as you're messing with the zoom feature again, it, it feels like something is stopping you from getting closer. Like there's some kind of kill switch or failsafe or something that's like stopping you. The, the more seems possible in whatever it is you're doing. And what Amari just did clearly proves that going in the other direction is less of a problem. Yeah. And there is no failsafe going that way. So something is in place to keep us from uh, getting closer. Uh, uh, I guess I can at least zoom in on where we're at just to see how close I can get. Maybe it depends on the person. So I, I can zoom in on, on this moon. Okay. Or at least this system. Give me another. How about you? Give me a perception check. We can do that. Perception D8. Gonna make this an investigation roll. I could. Oh yeah, that would be investigation. Yeah, well, let's do that. And you know what? Why don't I spend an aether point and use my mastermind feat? Where did my pencil go? All right. It is. Okay. Okay. Let's see what we can do. Uh, Eleven. You run into that same sensation of it stops at a certain point and there's there's a barrier a precipice something is stopping the progress you don't know what it is but something about your own ability to perceive or your own and your your mastermind would definitely you're getting the sense that there's a lot happening in this system and it's clearly reacting to your thoughts and your motivations and what you want there's no controls here it's your mind is controlling all of this yeah so whatever the barriers are they're only there to stop your mind from doing whatever it's doing you're not sure but whatever other capabilities this map has are only limited to you i have a question listen if you're if you need a, a minute oh yeah go for, go for it uh, what is, would it remind me of the rule, if there is one, about when we can apply a void dice? After a roll? Is it only after a roll? Yes. What are you asking? Well, I guess, first and foremost, can I try again? Is that a thing I can do? Or is, like, I tried it and it's just, it's not going to work? If you would like to spend void dice to make it work that can be arranged okay do i get to know how many or do i have to dive in dive into this decision blind <laughs> it will cost three void dice oh that's a lot to reach isn't it these, this barrier i currently have zero just fyi i know but it's and that's, and still that's, too, many. And that's too many yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, <laughs> if you're not what... willing to do it, I will 100. percent I mean, it okay, that's that's the thing is like I was gonna kind of test the test the temperature of that decision because I very much want to know. Yeah. Um, but Oswald, if if who would it be more narratively interesting for this information to go to? Well, all I know is that there would be very little stopping Oswald from doing this. So Fair enough. So yeah. Okay. There, there you go, Mike. Have have three. Much obliged. <laughs> you feel this <laughs> barrier, this stoppage, and what you begin to realize is that it's not something in this device that's stopping you. It's you that's stopping you. It's that sensation you have when you get to the edge of a cliff and you reel back. It's instinct that's stopping you. And when you stop and contemplate that for a moment and push past it, when you take that step off of the cliff, it zooms farther. You see the asteroid belt, the moon that you're located on. It zooms in quickly, as quickly as you want it to, onto this planet, onto this moon, towards this research site, into the dig site itself, down towards an amphitheater, and pretty soon the superposition of seeing you from the perspective of your senses in this map is like a mirror looking into itself as you see this infinite line of you looking at you, looking at you, looking at you, looking at you, and I need you to roll me a d12. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. All right. If I've learned anything from the disc world, it's that infinite mirror is not a good thing. Mm. Uh, five. You tilt backwards, and you see this, like, infinite procession of Oswald's head slowly mm. rock backward and then there's a moment that you see coming at you of the zooming back out and it's slowly coming at you down this tunnel of probability as though the future is coming at you and then when you finally decide to make that decision a million versions of you are mere fractions of a second ahead of you that have already done it, and you pull back and out. Oh, that's so cool. Oh. Ah, don't, um, uh, m much like uh, Amari uh, zooming out, maybe don't zoom too far in. <laughs> so, uh, wait, Oswald. Yes. You were trying to zoom in on Arlgev, on yeah? Uh, he was zooming in on us, uh, to start oh. with. Okay. To see if I could. Yeah, that but... was sort of a, that was a bad idea. Oh well, it was interesting. Uh, Wait, so if if you if you broke the through, can you now try and zoom in on some of the other ones? Sure. Shall we start with Arogev? That's a good idea. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Let's do it. And <laughs> Oswald, you would also now be like back of your mind, kind of aware. There's an in. There's an out. There's also a side to side, and you don't know what that means. Maybe it's fast forward or rewind. Or maybe it's in a fourth dimension. Uh, that's, that would be time, so fast forward yeah. or rewind. <laughs> oh, I didn't know if that's what we were... Okay, yeah. You're aware that they're there, 
and that's it. Man, we're in like so, the fucking Wonka Vader of maps right now. <laughs> so I believe me, I will get to Arogev, but can I just? I'm yeah, just gonna. It. I'm just gonna. What mm-hmm. is this yeah, side to side? I have hurt, to know. Don't hurt yourself so bad that you can't be in the map anymore, because then someone else has to spend three voice times to do it. Fair enough. <laughs> no one, no one tried to pump Aether into this, right? I tried, mm-hmm. but I only had one left. Okay. Or into my role, not into like. Do you mean into the map? Yeah. No, I've not. You just need some I more juice. Just need some more juice. And Oswald, when you like begin to contemplate that side to side, there's another barrier there. You can yeah. feel your your body physically recoiling from those options. Okay. And well, you can absolutely overcome that if you want. <laughs> what do you think, guys? <laughs> You're such a tiny little man. <laughs> hurt you um, so bad. You're gonna start aging something. like the. You're gonna start aging like the freaking dude in Indiana Jones, <laughs> and you'll be a little skeleton. Yeah. Uh, let's let's at least, but <laughs> without investing more uh, void dice for now, uh, <laughs> let's focus on uh, Arl Give. Okay. Zooming out and zooming back in again, you feel another entity consciousness at that precipice when you reach Arlgev, and you're 100% certain that it's Shay. Oh. Oh, hello, Shay. you feel the same thing. Oh, hey, Oswald. This feels weirdly familiar, almost like a dream I've had at one point. Hmm. Wait, like a dream that I was in? Sort of, yes. That's so funny, because I, I, weirdly enough, like a few cycles back, I had a dream with you in it, too. Haven't had one since, though, so. Yeah. Strange. Florian and I aren't hearing this, right? You are absolutely hearing this. Yeah. Oh, we're hearing this. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, uh, shall we zoom in? Freaky dream. And as Oswald zooms in, Shay, you feel something moving past you, and you think there's an opportunity there. Yes? It's like that feeling when somebody is running really fast past you, and you know you could grab on, and it might end poorly. (laughs) Well, that's also an option. (laughs) There are so many options. Mm. What kind of role would this be? This would be spending a void dice. Oh. I just... To just get a little piggyback. Reverse Yoda. Reverse Yoda. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? These are the questions. I'm hopping on. Okay. Getting on the Oswald train. All right. All right, Luke, <laughs> let's go. And you hitch a ride, and Oswald, you're zooming in, and you feel that second presence just behind your shoulder. Even though you can see your shoulder, it's down below you. Your perception of your body is still, you can basically, kind of in the peripheral looking down, see you, but you're also in the map. Very strange. Hey, I decided to hitch a ride. Yes, I'm, I'm glad that's what it was. <laughs> You zoom in on the 
fourth planet of this system. It's a planet that glows with a low blue light, and you can see Arlgev. It is a watery world, mostly ocean with small archipelagos that dot the horizon. There are no massive continents on this world, though. And you are quickly approaching an ocean. As you get closer and closer to the world, the glow fixes on a point. It's not the whole world that's glowing. There is a place on this world that glows. Is that where you're going? What are you doing? Oh, yeah. One, yeah. 100, 100%. Yeah. Zipping across the seas, the world spinning beneath you. You're not moving. The world is what's moving beneath you. Your perception is rotating around this globe. You find that the glow is beneath the ocean. As you're zipping across the surface, you see a flash of what appears to be some kind of huge superstructure. There appears to be damage on it of some kind, but you quickly move past it. Down. Down, 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 down. Into what would be black, merciless depths of an ocean, but your perception is perfectly clear. All of it still strangely etched and suspended by that weird dark gray stone, so that the strands that were holding up little planetoids or galaxies or whatever it is you're actually looking at are now interweaving and meshing to create this image that you're moving through. And... You proceed down following this blue glow, and eventually, at the bottom of a trench, you see a large structure built into the cliff walls of this trench. And there are creatures swimming about down here, large creatures, horrible creatures, dark, pressurized creatures that only exist in the blackness of deep, deep oceans. Something big with teeth and tentacles swims past. But you see this structure, it is cylindrical in shape. So it appears as though a half-cylinder is just sticking out of this otherwise craggy terrain. There are long cylindrical arms coming out of this primary cylinder that feed back and around, still attached to the side of this cliff face. And this whole structure is glowing blue. And you can see near the bottom, at the base of this trench, an enormous hole has been created in the side of this building. And that is where the zooming pauses for a moment as you have the whole structure encapsulated in your field of vision. Does this hole look reminiscent of the hole that is in the structure that we, the structure that we are currently in? It's not dissimilar. So they've been here. But you already knew that. Yeah. That's true. Does this structure... I mean, I guess this, this facility that we're in didn't have any, like, college logos or company logos on it or anything, right? mm You know yeah, what so college I'm... was doing the dig site here. Yeah. But, like, there would be no way for us to kind of visually get any clues as to who put this facility that we're looking at now that's on Arlgev there. No. Not right now, okay. Got Does it look like it's, like, 
does yeah modern old, technology yeah. or does it look like it's made out of the black metal that we've been tromping through yeah. it looks like the same material that you're been traipsing through okay got it this seems to be another god's tech facility ruin but one that had gone undiscovered for who knows how long yeah until tuesday until a couple of months ago when it was breached by the children of Atir. Oswald, is this as far as we can go? As far in? Yeah. Uh, I think I, I try to push a little bit further in. And you do? Yes, I, I, I believe I can, yes. With no real sense of exactly where you're going, you kind of are just going into this place blind, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Well, we already know that they've been here. Um, I'm actually trying to, and they had Akalar is the most recent place they've they've been to. Correct. Yeah. Should we check out Akalar? That was what I was wondering. Unless there's anything you can think of, really quickly. Uh, Now you can feel the push inward. And yeah. the pole outward. For real, yeah. But there is uh, two other uh, directions. Oh, yeah. Do you sense those? Uh, no. Hmm. I do. And I'm wondering if it would be beneficial to, if it is what I think it is, go back to when this facility was attacked is this the consequences of my actions florian amari you're hearing this conversation just fyi i mean reed is all for it reed is so like fuck yeah do it i do not know um (laughs) the consequences of this but uh mike i'm assuming this is three more void die oh no no? This is six more void dice. <laughs> Jeez, y'all. <laughs> no fucking way. You wish to you breach know? the veil of time? It, kind of. Well, when you put it like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's too much power for you to have immediately. Listen, I don't, I don't know that this is a good idea. Well, uh, perhaps we could. Oh, how about this? We go to Akalar, which we know is the most recent uh, attack, and then do this thing that I'm proposing so that we know where they go after that. Hmm? Might be a good way to find out where they are specifically right now. I don't think that this is following the children of Aetir. I think it's just has these points of the other gods tech, although... But and if you I can see, if you I can only see have a, a I only have a D4 knowledge. I don't know. And also, it if could you can be see, anything. Like a creature of the deep, you should hypothetically be able to see people. Exactly. And this Oswald has already seen people. I've seen and... me. <laughs> exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, not us people. The only problem would be is if they are no longer on. Akalar and have warped somewhere because if they warp, I don't know how we're going to track yeah. them. That so, is true. We, we might true. lose yeah. them at a certain point, but getting do them... it, do it. Yeah, let's <laughs> fucking do it. Let's go I'm to Akalar. Let's fucking let's go to, do it. We're gonna go to Akalar and then we're gonna fucking here. Actually, so let's go to Akalar. Of time. 
Yes. Let's go to Aklar and then let's try to roll for break breaching the veil of time and I'll assist you. And then yeah. we can spend possibly less void dice. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm, I wasn't mm-hmm, sure if I would mm-hmm. be allowed mechanics wise to. The, so... the other thing is, is if they hypothetically didn't find what they were looking for on Akalar, we could find where it was specifically. True. Very true. Uh, yeah. So you do that. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. Yeah. Although if they've been here, then they might, also know exactly where the thing is so well who knows maybe they didn't uh maybe they didn't I mean, spend the void die to it. zoom in far yeah. enough <laughs> maybe they were smart <laughs> luckily we're not <laughs> no of course not i would like to and this is really apropos of nothing to be sure mm-hmm. like to point out on our shared matcom rpg note card uh mm-hmm. table that oh, we I have use. it open. Sure. Uh, there's a little difficulty chart over on the, the left side there to let you all know mm-hmm. what the usual difficulty... I, I, there's one... There's a new one on the bottom there. Don't know if you noticed Interesting. that. Interesting. Okay. It might... It may or may not come up. <laughs> Are you no, trying to, to tell me that breaking through Ow. the veil of time is godlike, Mike? No. Is that what you're trying to tell me? It's impossible because he said it was six. He can't take it. No take backsies. True. <laughs> it, it, it is six to accomplish that. Yes. Okay. But I'm just saying there is another point beyond that now. Cool. <laughs> fun. Making a system is fun. Because <laughs> I felt like there needed to be what's after impossible. <laughs> there is God's like. Yeah. So you find your way to Akalar, and you sense another presence there. You know for a fact that it is Florian. Oh, hello. As the zooming begins, Florian, there's a chance here. I mean, I'm the only one who can fucking identify which place this is, so I guess I'll join. Whoosh. Is this the most amount of void (laughs) that has ever had? Maybe. Oh, this is Maybe. very good. Maybe. As you... Well, we haven't three, done the time come. thing. Yeah, it's true. Haven't. We haven't. You zoom oh, in on the five funny. planetoids that make up Akalar. And Florin, you are familiar with each of these. Zoretta, Zugaramurdi, Urdazurbi Urdax, Sara, Ainhoa. Mike, can I just say, first of all, props on that Basque pronunciation. I've been I practicing. appreciate you. <laughs> but you know these places. These are places that you would consider home. Some of them less home than others. But they are places dear to you. And as it resolves, you see that Jareta is the place that glows. Now there are two things that Akalar, well three things that Akalar is known for. The big mm-hmm. thing of course is it's a very odd planetary body on the edge of the northern reach. If anyone's going to know about Akalar, it's because of that. Florian, would you care to inform us of some of the other things Akalar is known for? 
I mean, there is a like whole mess of just like super flora and super fauna on Akalar because it is just chock full of radiation. Huh. Just fucking full of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why? Why? Because some of it's... my players like me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, hey, Mike said that when you get close to the Northern Reach, shit gets really weird. And mm -hmm. I made my home planet on the very border of the Eastern <laughs> and Northern Reach. <laughs> it's true. And these five planetoids orbit ridiculously close to each other. To the point where there are definitely like the peaks of mountains that have worn each other away due to the planets nearly brushing each other. There, there is like, um, legends or like, uh, not legends, like traditional stories of like great hunters who like hunt, you know, a mighty stag that like leaps from mountain point on one planet to mountain point on the other and like escapes that way. Cool. I love that. Dumb kids on Akalar can use boost jets to literally get from one planet to the other. Now, is that a scenario where you're eventually going to need to call your parents for a ride when the planets get farther enough oh, away from each oh, other? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's go fuck with some gravity. Yeah, and gravity is weird on this place. Those of you observing this planetary body, physics doesn't work like this. Whatever's happening here is due to Northern Reach shenanigans. At least that's what you assume until you start seeing that one of these planetary bodies is glowing a distinct blue color that indicates the presence of a God's Tech facility of some kind. Mm. So what happens when God's Tech meets Fey Tech? That's a very awesome. good question. It goes like this. <laughs> You zoom in further and further and further onto one of these planets, Jareta. Mm -hmm. It is a dense, wooded place. Think northern Californian redwoods, massive trees, and creatures to match. Super fauna with names like Megapedes and Hyper Squirrel. <laughs> Okay, so Mike. Oh, you know what? Mike... Hopper Squirrel is actually real good. You roast that shit. Oh, can feed a family for a month. <laughs> you said Megapede. I was like, fuck this planet. We're not going there. We're not doing it. But then you said Hyper Squirrel, and I'm back on board. And you're really it... back in. Yeah. Yeah, but the Hyper Squirrel is significantly more dangerous than the Megapede. <laughs> oh, it also, eats the Megapedes, of course. Exactly. Yeah. Is the, I have a yep. very yep. important, important question. Mm. Is the Megapede a Mega Centipede or a Mega Millipede? The answer to this question is vital. <laughs> it can be both. Oh, that's the worst answer. Actually, the worst answer would be Centipede, but at least there's Cubic Millipede. You know bull riding? Yeah. That's actually Megapede riding on <laughs> Absolutely. That's a, a thing that uh, your culture and the ogres share, in fact, is Megapede rodeos. You oh, know it's a Megapede hog. stampede. <laughs> it's a Megapede bead. <laughs> There's too many legs involved. It just gets out of hand real quick. Yeah. Yeah. 
Why isn't our whole game just about a Megapede ranch? Mm, why isn't that's... why isn't our whole game Yellowstone but on, on Arlis, still, but in Hackle? Still could be. It's hey, not it's too late. Be. <laughs> because when I started this season and we got together and I said, "Hey, what kind of things do you want this se- the season to be about?" You're all like, "Oh, political intrigue and uh, all corporate sorts of espionage. <laughs> corporate espionage." You didn't say also, bug ranching. Yeah, <laughs> but also, fuck that. Let's go bug ranching. <laughs> I didn't know there was bug ranching. <laughs> <laughs> Schrodinger's bug ranch it, the waveform collapsed and now it's a real thing <laughs> as you zoom in on this planetoid you get into that dense super fauna and flora seeing these massive animals with little nooks of civilization here and there little pips of light that represent townships Nothing so grand as to ever be called a city here on Akalar. The most light you could probably hope for is a spaceport of one kind or another. But even that's just like track lighting to make sure people don't land on the big trees. Yeah. It's like a truck stop. (laughs) (laughs) Akalar, the galaxy's truck stop. This isn't even like the good kind of truck stop. This is like, well, if you need this truck stop, you're going in the wrong direction. This is the truck stop <laughs> that tells you to turn around and go back the other way. This is the this is the beginning of the cabin in the woods. Uh, <laughs> uh, just there's, there, there's only a creepy there's only a creepy man running the running the place, and he's like, yeah, people died out in these woods. <laughs> you know damn well which war. <laughs> The sheep have entered the fold. Damn it, Steve. Why do you talk like I that? Gotta, yeah. What, what is he? Uh, oh, sh- uh, you're, you're breaking up. Sh- <laughs> oh. speaker. Such a good movie. Um, but as you continue to zoom, eventually the blue light resolves into a mountain. It's not a mountain. It's a tree, but it's a tree that's fallen. A tree so old and so vast that when it fell, an ecosystem grew up in its desiccated remains. Cool. This is a nurse log that created a biome when it fell. Yes. The remnants of its bark create terrain. The carved out interior of it creates caverns of wood. There are humongous trees growing out of this tree. Whenever it was that the planetoids of Akalar came together, maybe the first victim of those near misses was this massive super tree that got knocked over by another planet. I hate when that happens. Yeah. I hate to see it. Mm. hate to see it. But from death, life. comes new life. I wish I had a good David Attenborough, but I don't. In the midst of that tree, there is clear sign of an attack of some kind. Burnt foliage, dead super animals, though any carrion here is about a month old at this point. The interior of the tree, like I said, is almost more like a cave system than a hollowed out tree, my side of the mountain style. It's like those little 
marks you see under the bark when you see how the termites have kind of like carved out little avenues in a, in a tree's wood. But to scale, these are the size of people. Inside these winding, twisting corridors, you see more signs of battle. Battle? Maybe that's not even the right word. Fighting, to be sure, violence. But who was fighting whom? You don't know. You don't know. There's scorch marks. There's dead animals. It's almost as though the animals themselves were part of a fight. It's the great Megapede and Hyper Squirrel squirrel War, Mike. It's in all the books. If this is some kind of Red Wall or Watership Down scenario, it's marred by the fact that you see the outline of a raptor mech suit pasted on a wall as you pass by the metal embedded in the wood as something enormous slammed this armored warrior into the wooded wall of this cave, embedding it so deep that it could not move or escape from there. Whoever the pilot of this was ejected from the suit rather than try to wrench themselves free. You can see the the hollow outline where someone basically tore pieces of the suit apart to free themselves. So it happens when you run into a mega moose. Perhaps. But the deeper you go, the more signs of this you see until finally you empty out into this vast oasis? Uh, Fungal super cave? Shelves line the walls of this place. Shelves of fungus, large mushrooms that grow out in wide, broad, pale, flat surfaces. Like a fan jutting out from the side of this wooded wall in shelves that descend down towards the floor. Go into one cave and we end up in Blackreach. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> um, is there a way to... Uh, is there a way for me to pull out of this without pulling everybody out? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think Florian, I'm assuming that this big tree with like hollowed out shit that all of the animals protect is probably like a sacred place. And I'm gonna just like peace out, even though this is interesting and we need this info. I'm assuming this is like, oh, yeah, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm not supposed to be here. Sacred is maybe putting it. A little grandiosely, but it's definitely a, a special place. Some people just call it Big Tree, and everyone knows what they're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Florian. Uh, no, it I'm is, gone. It is possible we could use your assistance. And Florian, you can still hear everyone in your head, but you can not be with yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I just ain't... I've never been here. I'm. It's not like... It's kind of like a special... I, it's just it's it's weird. Uh, yes. If you see anything that you need help with, I'll uh, I'll help. Gotcha. Okay. And as you pull away from the big tree, you are left with a sense of maybe not fear, but there's an animal instinct that drives people away from this place. It's one of those places that not even the kids on a dare go into Big Tree. It's just a place you don't go. And even kids who have said that they've gone boastfully, they're lying. Oh, yeah. Something like, about this place makes you not want to be there. Yeah. 
Yules is definitely like, oh yeah, I've been to Big Tree, and it's like, no, you fucking haven't. And Shay and Oswald, your awareness is left in this place. Mm-hmm. You don't have the same kind of recoiling sensory attitude towards this place. You weren't raised on Akalar. You don't know the big tree. But as you descend deeper into this cavern, you can see that there is something here. You don't think it was built inside the big tree. You think when the big tree fell, it was punctured by whatever this was. This structure, cylindrical, like some kind of sap peg, is driven through the exterior wall of this tree and up into this cavern space. Was the cavern space already here when the tree fell, or did it simply erode around the thing it fell on? You're not sure. What's clear now is that this structure, which just as big as the one you're in, the one you saw in Arlgev, is in the center of this big tree. And there is clear signs of a burning trail that was cut through the center of this place towards this facility. And yet another ruinous hole has been blasted in the side of this building, facility, ruin, whatever you want to call it. And the same military ordinance was clearly used. Well, this seems to be the spot. Um, shall we try to uh, shift our axis, uh, as it were? Yeah. <clears throat> um, I think you have the higher intelligent uh, uh, knowledge. Uh, I, I have my various specializations um but uh i actually don't know what this would apply to i it was investigation before oh that's true um, i guess i'm assuming or if you yeah. can justify a, any of your talents for sifting through time i'm happy to hear you out <laughs> <laughs> i mean if you think about it dragon's wake history is just recording of time I that, might I accept know. that. <laughs> I mean, that it, makes about as much sense as anything. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, they're all D8s, so it's, uh, it's you know, it's fine. Uh, we, can, we can go with that. Amari, what are you doing while they're doing all of this? Just vibing, dog. Space. No. Um, yeah, I guess I'm just waiting for them to be done. Okay. Nothing you want to check in on? I mean, yeah, there's stuff I want to check in on, but maybe some some kids that you haven't seen in a while. Yeah, not where you think. I zoom, I I zoom in on uh, uh, Oswald's home planet. Weird, Hmm. yeah. You don't know where that is. (laughs) You don't know that I don't know that. It's true, I don't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, while they're doing their thing, I would just be kind of bouncing around planets looking for stuff. Okay. Anything in particular? Yeah, I mean, why not check out Vastplane? Why not? Why not? See what's going on. Is it still there? Maybe it's blown up. Haven't talked to people for a while. Oh, it's absolutely still there. Cool. And That's good. There are a lot more spaceships around it than is maybe normal. What kind of spaceships, Mike? Big ones. <laughs> Friendly spaceships or decidedly 
I don't know, empire-like. Tough to say from this distance. Something stops you from zooming in as nope, deep you're as not you tricking me. You can't do it. <laughs> I'm too smart for this. You can from this I distance you can tell degree. that there's a lot of spaceships around Vastplane. That's what you know. Cool. Now, Oswald. Yes. Are you just spending straight up void dice in this or trying to do the roll? I'm gonna try and do the do the roll. Okay. Um this seems pretty important. Yeah, one might say. Perhaps the perfect opportunity for Oswald to go all in. I think that sounds perfectly reasonable. (laughs) Yeah. It's Um, been a while since we've done this. So for a reminder of to our listeners, going all in is the thing a player can do once per mission where they can spend the maximum amount of Aether die they might have access to. And on top of that, they can spend any actual remaining Aether die they possess. And add it all to a roll. In uh, the hopes can you still... of... Hmm? Can you still assist someone when they go all in? Or Absolutely. Okay. You get an extra d4. Cool. <laughs> I helped. So what is the total you are rolling here? So I've got a got d10 knowledge, d8, and... I could also do etherophysics, although I don't know if this specifically applies. Etherics aren't necessarily involved. We'll we'll just say uh, Dragon's Wake history, although it would technically give me different results. Is that is that correct? Or no? I'm just trying to break through your ability to process the passage of time is what we're trying to capture yeah. here. Yeah. You're not necessarily going to get any different information if you approach it from a different angle. That's true. Yeah. As- no, assuming true. time is as linear as you think it is. <laughs> exactly. I'm just trying to make it make uh, narrative uh, sense in my head. Sure. Let's just go with applied mathematics, because why yeah. not? If you think mm-hmm. about it in an abstract numerical uh, value, then perhaps it'll be less traumatic towards my brain. It's all um, math, baby. So, Yeah. So uh, I have, (laughs) that is true. I have three Aether points left uh, and my Aether pool total is six. So I'd be rolling nine Aether die. Rolling bones. That sounds Uh, about right. Yeah. That's a lot of dice. (laughs) It is a lot of dice. We're about to do some math, ladies and gentlemen. Everything is math. Like you said. It's true. Oh boy. Okay. Give me one second. Maybe <laughs> maybe cut to what other people are doing while I'm adding numbers together here. Um, so while Oswald is expanding his mind, is anybody else trying to accomplish anything? How how Shay is along for the ride. Yeah. yeah. I'm like how... uh, I'm pretty sure Halculus is involved. <laughs> how what now? Uh, if I how hard is it to to zoom in? What was the, what was the role they had to make? They had to make a some kind of perception, perception. check of some kind. And the difficulty, though, I I guess I never said it out loud, was twenty. Twenty. Okay. Apologies, I should have made that clear. Not that I mean, I, it's not that uh, Amari would be like, oh yeah, it's a twenty. I I, I can't cover that. Yeah. No. Let's. Yeah, I would like to. Zo- I would like to attempt to zoom in 
on this. And so perception, I've got a D6. And yeah, I'm just going to be like, hey, oh, I'm going to check on something while you're doing this. I mean, the th I guess the thing is, is like, we can't feel where you are unless you're near us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're drawing attention to it by saying you're going to something really quick. Yeah, let me know if you, I'm going to, I'm going to. Keep doing your thing. I'm going to look at something else. Um, uh, let's say boldly. Okay. And then can I throw an Aether die into this? Absolutely. Perfect. Let's me another D8. It's a real bad roll. <laughs> it's real bad. Is that a uh, failing spectacularly kind of bad or? No. Uh, let's see here. Uh, no, it's not. It's an eight. I mean. Nope. In theory. <laughs> Yeah, the 12. Theory, I'm not giving you another one. I'm not doing it. So you find that that stopping, that instinct that stops you from getting any closer. You know it's there now, though. Okay, well, I tried. And as you stop yourself, someone who's not stopping themselves... <laughs> not even a little not bit. Not even remotely. <laughs> nope. Never stop stopping. Can't stop, never stop, stop. Never stop. Yeah. Uh, I got a 47. Holy shit. Yes. Uh, thank you. Uh, I, it was only a D4 that Shay uh, assisted with, but it was a 4, so uh, very, yeah. very helpful. Shay is like, calculus was involved. <laughs> At one point, Shay just tells you to carry the two. Yeah. It's just numbers. Oh, you for, almost forgot to carry that. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you. Mm. So you got a 47. 47. Which is 10 higher than the impossible roll that this was. Yes. So that sounds to me like a critical victory. Woohoo! Take the planet out of existence. Take yeah, it out, out of the game. Shake <laughs> yeah. it out of the game. Yeah. That's my hey, favorite. Wait, that's I know we I know we make this joke every time, but it's so funny. <laughs> it's the best option. Oh, it is a good option. So your options are <laughs> you can immediately take something out of the game if it was something you were <laughs> opposing. I guess if you wanted this... to destroy this map yeah. right now, destroy you could. Destroy the concept of time. Do it. <laughs> Do it right now. <laughs> you can regain one of your spent aether die, though that isn't as helpful because you just went all in, which means you burned yes. out your ability to use aether. Or yes. you can give, you can alley oop and give the next player to act meaningfully with the same tactic. I believe you used cleverly. Yes, and so, that is what I'm going to do. Yeah. So again, you do not have to specify who gets the alley oop, but the next person mm -hmm. to act cleverly gets double that die great as you feel this sliding motion this mercury slickness across your consciousness there is a very odd moment for shay specifically who's just kind of along for the ride just hanging out <laughs> When an insect, an insect the size of a small spaceship, albeit, mm -hmm. but an insect nonetheless, 
is crawling across a piece of fungus here, stops, and then begins crawling backwards, its legs moving in that weird asynchrony of film being run backwards. And little motes of dust that would float down through beams of light begin floating back up. Tendrils of plant life that very, very slowly but noticeably follow any sunlight that comes in down here begin moving backward as the light shifts in reverse. Your brain is screaming at the fact that you shouldn't be able to perceive things like this. And a guttural voice sounds in the chamber around you that you can hear with your ears. And Oswald, you hear a voice in your head that says, It's dangerous what you do. Perhaps it's necessary. But it is dangerous. Things begin rewinding slowly. As you begin to get a grasp on what you're doing, you can find that you can speed it up. And so where before it was running in reverse in real time, you can rewind it faster and faster. Days flicking slowly but surely. That guttural (laughs) sounds in the, the chamber. And the voice in your mind, Oswald, says, There's always a price to pay for rewinding like this. Fuck. And you flick backwards faster and faster, and you see, eventually, the forms of what looks like military soldiers moving. From your perspective, they're running backwards into this cave, their backs towards the facility, towards that hole that's been ripped in the God's Tech ruin. Two of them, dressed in raptor armor, are carrying a big, bulky something between them. It looks to be almost like a coffin or a sarcophagus. It's big and made of stone. Flanking them are two enormous Seraph-class mechs, A lot like Tux. In fact, markedly similar to Tux. With the same golden lion regalia emblazoned on sections of their armor. One of them has a massive cannon mounted on its rear section. An enormous siege weapon used to fell large ships or destroy buildings. The other has these enormous claw-like implements on its two main arms. So that... It's so heavy that this thing has to kind of knuckle forward, using all four of its limbs for locomotion. These four individuals are coming at speed towards, away, this large building. And you see them running backwards into the facility and disappearing into darkness. The voice in your head says, They think they know what they took. Time passes... And eventually you see them coming back out towards you, running backwards again, their backs coming towards you as they exit this facility. And you see some of them taking up positions more than the number that just entered, left this facility. It seems as though they lost some of their number during whatever they were doing inside. On the ground around them, you can see 
enormous lizard-like creatures coming at them from every direction. The corpses of these creatures you saw in this reverse time period slowly growing back into shape from rotted, desiccated bones into full-blooded creatures. They're like nothing you've ever seen. These humongous lizards with six legs with these huge bear-like muscle muzzles, almost a combination of a, a bear, a crocodile, and a wild boar with these enormous tusks coming up from their lower jaws. And they have two enormous hooved legs that come out from underneath them and two limbs near the front of their uh, body that can be either used for locomotion or to, when they rear back can be used as slashing claws. They're the size of large troop transports, and they're attacking the people who are setting up, even as you watch in reverse, explosive devices. And as the seraphs work at the wall of this place and hammer at it and claw at it, more of these soldiers are falling and dying to this onslaught of nature. And you see the wall slowly roll back in on itself as an explosion sucks itself back in to explosive devices that are being set up by these soldiers. You see the first initial weakening explosion recoiling back away from the wall, dragging back into a single huge shard of crystal that sails in a parabolic arc back across the floor of this place where even now as you watch, the soldiers are beginning to cut a swath towards that building in reverse. So you're watching them slowly retreat out of this cave, but their retreat, what you're watching, is actually them pressing forward. And when they finally exit, slash, enter, slash, your perceptions again are beginning to get frayed at what you're watching here. Yeah. This place is quiet and empty, and there's no longer a hole in the place in this facility. There are quiet shapes in the fungus, these large lizard-like creatures that will in mere moments erupt to life and attempt to defend this place, but it's quiet. Something you've noticed while you've been at this is that there's no sound associated with what you're watching. Mm -hmm. The only sound is that of the voices of your companions and the voice that, again, sounds in your mind and asks do you need to go any further no i this is as far back as i need to go i need to follow them that is for the best yes thank you and all of you are healing hearing oswald's side of the conversation oh what what, what what's up buddy hmm? oh um i'm assuming there's some sort of artificial intelligence involved with the this device who is currently speaking with me but uh, they they have advised me to that i do not need to go any further i have agreed uh, as i have gone as far back as i need to uh, let's uh, ask who they are just in case sure hey do you have a name strange voice my name is oswald octavian theophilus the third there's no response nope nothing and then strange. the booming Voice, noise from inside. Sounds. And the voice says in your mind, Oswald. Yes, that's me. This time it is Oswald. Yes. 
this time. Hmm. <laughs> We're all making just, like just, the mm-hmm. same face mm-hmm. at Mike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Olivia's, my, has, Olivia's, mm-hmm. <laughs> Olivia's camera's you know, off, but I'm assuming she's making hey, listen, the same face. I'm making the same face. Mike just looks very pleased, uh, <laughs> as he should be. This is great. Yeah, um, this is good shit. <laughs> oh yeah this is the happiest i've been all day <laughs> oh boy uh okay yeah let's i mean we went all the way back but let's start going forward uh so we can maybe follow these these individuals hooligans these hooligans these rapscallions and you play it forward you see the children of Atir striking into this cavern fighting these lizard boar monsters that are erupting from mounds of fungus. Whatever protectors this place has gestated, they are working to try to drive these paramilitary terrorists back, but to no avail. The hardware at the Children of Aetir's disposal is meant for destruction and death, and it does that effectively. Nothing in nature can stand against weapons designed explicitly for this purpose. Red-hot bolts of aether score across these creatures, cutting a swath of devastation towards this God's Tech facility. Some of the soldiers turn their backs to the seraphs to hold the line as the seraph units (coughs) tear into the facility. Before they even reach their line of defense, one of them shoots an arcing shard launched crystal at the edge of the building it explodes creating a structural weakness that they then apply explosives and wrecking claws to quickly opening up a hole in this facility they dive in leaving a few soldiers behind to hold the ground but those quickly fall to these strange fungal lizards but the lizards do not enter the facility so when the group of soldiers come back out with this weird cask in tow they have to fight their way back out but with fewer number so by the time they're exiting there are only perhaps eight of them left four of them swathed in mechanical suits of war armor the two seraphs two raptors and four other soldiers wow based on the numbers you saw coming in here and assuming that they lost more on the way down into this place you would guess that their numbers were in a couple dozen at the very least when they made their initial assault. You orient so that you follow them out, and you find that they have, as opposed to your sweeping, gliding motions of finding your way down to this place, there's a hole burned through several different cave systems up and out of this place that they clearly use to get inside. This charred wood over and over again drilled down and you see there is some discarded device at the bottom of this hole that they drilled that is a drill of some kind some kind of heavy mining equipment who knows where they got that who can say the world may never know but you follow them and those with mech suits can escape this place very easily and the four soldiers on foot are left to die swarmed by colossal fungal lizards as the four remaining armored members of the children of Atir make their escape with whatever it is they dragged from that God's Tech facility. Up and out, you can follow them, and you see a waiting dropship. It is a previously decommissioned 
Dominion ship. You can see that a lot of the religious sigildry that usually adorns such ships has been scored or, or stripped away. The Dominion was known for having regal visages of golden dragons adorning the prows of their ships, and this one has clearly been bent and sanded down to just be the armor that it was meant to be, not this impressive dragon head on the front of a ship. The four armored individuals escape into this landed craft, and the craft lifts up and begins flying away. As it does, it briefly tangles with an immense bird-like creature. Feathers and scales, a sinuous, almost snake-like creature that descends down out of the treetops above it. But this is a ship designed during the Shattering. This is a war vessel. Missiles make short work of such a creature. And they take off, lifting out of the planet's orbit and away from the combined system of Akalar. And the problem arises when they make their jump. Yeah. Shit. Well. Give me an investigation check. Of course. Uh... Can Oswald? Oh, yeah. he Because, can... yeah, you can still act meaningfully. You just can't spend Aether, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Throw a d4 in there. Okay. Or wait, investigation is perception, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, just kidding. Never mind. I don't have any perception. Take away that D4, which Sorry. is just a one, so that's nice. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I look mean, over there, I say, pointing in the wrong direction. <laughs> not great. Nine. Okay. You feel like you, there's just so close. There's something you missed, and like it's on the tip of your. You think if you just got one more, you, it's right there. Just one more, Mike? One more? Just, just one more. I mean, you know, I've given you so much today. Why not give you one more? Well, I said, I, just I do thank it. you. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. I'm going to do it. Hell yeah. And you turn your perception back towards the planet and zoom down. And that's what you missed. The four soldiers that were left for dead, they didn't die, but they were left behind on Akalar. <sighs> well. I think I know where we should go next. Yeah. Uh, Florian? Yeah? Do you feel about going home? I mean, I don't love it. <laughs> well, that's what we're doing. I mean, wait, wait. <laughs> okay, the episode Why? just, just I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pause it right now, that the episode should cut off. <laughs> I know it's not going to, but it should cut off. <laughs> well, it's not great. <laughs> And I think we will leave what happens next. Until next time. Expert storytellers. <laughs> because as always, you can find us online at matcomrpg on Twitter and Instagram. You can also email us at materialcomponentsrpg at gmail.com. We always love hearing from all of our listeners. You can find me on Twitter at CryOutOlivia. I am always there talking about D&D &D and other RPGs and also just a lot of other nerd stuff. So come hang out. You can find me on Twitter at Elliot C. Lewis. 
I'm an illustrator and graphic designer doing a lot of tabletop RPG and other fan art. You can also support me on Patreon and Coffee. Links to both of those are in my Twitter profile. You can find me at The Readamus on Instagram and Twitter, where I post jokes and lots and lots of photos of nature. So come check it out. And you cannot find me on social media, but what you can do is support our show by rating and reviewing it on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Please, please, please do so. Indeed, and finally, you can find me personally on Twitter and Instagram at MKGorgoni, where I'm always happy to talk about all things material components. But as always, the world is chaos, so please, be kind to each other. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about a galaxy of magic and the adventurers who live there. I'm your humble dungeon master. Fuck. Dragon master. Let's keep this intro, though, because that was really <laughs> funny. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. Five, four, three.